Hi there, everybody. This is Rick. And this is Amy. And we are doing a, a quick little special for you here on Take Him With You. I was invited to come and share a message out at Lake Quinault, uh, or Quinault Valley Chapel. And so we went out there on Saturday night, didn't we? Yep. And we had a good time. Uh-huh. So tell everybody a little bit about the evening, and then uh, I'll play the message. Well, we were in the Quinault Valley area, and um, about half the high school showed up to have a good time. They played some games, watched some videos, and then Rick got to speak. Um, and it was just a great time. And I think you'll enjoy the message. Well, now this is going to be a little bit different for a lot of people that listen to the show don't actually hear me uh, preach or share messages like that because I'm usually on the podcast like this. But for years, that's this is what I did. Mm-hmm. And so you get a little taste of... of uh, what I like to do um, when I'm in a church uh, setting and be able to talk with people in a, kind of a different way. You know, mm-hmm. I I prefer conversational stuff, but this is what I do when I present something to a larger group. So I hope you uh, get something out of it. I also did a, uh, there's a, a time when I sing a song. The song didn't turn out um, that I did, so I re-recorded it in the studio, just a, a an acoustic track. So um, what you're going to hear isn't me live. Well, it is live, but it's live here at my house. Uh, but it's the same song that I sang there for, for everybody. So uh, you'll enjoy that. And that song is by, uh, um, what was the guy's name? I'm not sure you knew. Uh-huh. You'll have to edit that in when you figure Larry it out. Larry Bryant. Larry Bryant, that's right. And you can find, if you do a Google search, you can buy his his track of this song um, on on uh, his website. So. There you go. Okay, so this was uh, Saturday night, the 26th of March, 2011, and we were at the Quinault Valley Chapel with Pastor Gary and Carmen West, and uh, the youth pastor there invited us. His name is Rusty West. And so, Rusty, thanks for having having us, and here we go. Enjoy. Let us know what you think. God in a box. I know, that sounds confusing. But do you know that many of us sitting in this place tonight, listening on the internet tonight, or morning or whenever it is, many of us box up and package God in our own little box, very convenient, and we carry him around with us, and we don't let him out. Now let me explain what that means. When I was a kid, I used to be little. It's true. I was. I was little. I was little Ricky. I lived in Aberdeen at 1611 West Morgan Street. And I walked to my kindergarten class from my house. I went to A.J. West Elementary School. Woohoo! Put on my little rubber boots when it was raining out. My little coat. My mom had to zip it up for me because I didn't know how to do that yet. And she sent me off. Now go over there. The school's right. We only lived a few blocks from the school. So there's little Ricky. Walking to school. And I remember walking past this house. It was a big, scary house. On Halloween, we didn't want to go to that house and trick-or-treat because they were scary. And they had two big, huge, gigantic, ginormous Doberman Pinchers. That was before pit bulls were popular because I'm kind of old. I'm so old, my facial hair has migrated to my ears and my nose. What's up with that? Jeez. Okay, well, anyway... I'm walking past this house and these two Doberman Pinchers. And when you're a little kid in kindergarten, 
Doberman pinchers that are, you know, medium average size are actually gigantic. And they came running out. Rah, 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 rah. I don't really do a dog very well. They, rah, 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 rah. And they come running out and they hit the end of their chain right by this far from my nose. And they're spitting on me and everything. And I'm just like, I almost wet my pants. Scared me. So I went to school shaking, and the teacher's like, Ricky, you okay? I'm like, no, man. <laughs> like that. Well, needless to say, that kind of warped my view on dogs. I didn't like dogs from then on. No way. Dogs, I could leave them. I didn't want to be around them. Scared the crud out of me. So, move ahead a few years, and we have moved out on a farm eight miles out the East Hopewim Road. I'm riding the school bus. Yeah, baby. How many ride the school bus? Yeah, I feel sorry for you, too. We used to get in so much trouble on this. But that's a whole other story. Well, anyway, we drive out there. We got to, the, got to my house, and I, I got off the bus, and then I remembered that my mom and dad had gotten a dog for us. And they weren't home yet. Dad worked at Warehouser. Mom worked at Lamont's. And I had to wait for two hours for dad to get home. So I go tailing into the, we didn't use our front door, we used our back door, so I went around and I got onto the patio and I looked and they had chained the dog to the back porch. Oh no. And this dog, it was a collie dog, right? It had a big snout, you know, it looked like Lassie. But I come around the corner of the hedge and this dog runs out to the end of its chain and goes like this. <clears throat> And I'm like, what am I going to do for two hours? Because I ain't going in there! Scared the crud out of me. Man, I sat out shivering in the cold. And I waited until Dad got home in his little Volk, or his Datsun pickup. He had a little beater truck. And he got out and he said, what are you doing, Ricky? And I said, the dog is inside of my reason. And he goes, oh, are you kidding? The dog smiles. It's happy to see you. That way. How many times do we perceive something that isn't true because we're misinformed or because we've gone through some type of experience that kind of paints the picture of other things that isn't actually true? I thought all dogs bite you and are mean. This dog, Shannon, actually was my best, became my best buddy. I mean, we ran away from home together. I, I remember having a, 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 a bag of dog food and an orange so I could have something and he could have something. And I mean, we, we, we did everything together. But you know what? I first I thought he was mean and nasty and he was really bad because my experience with dogs told me that all dogs were bad. But guess what? They aren't. And now I love dogs. We have a dog. We've had a couple of dogs. We love dogs. But do you know how you learn about God and how you perceive God can be distorted by what you've grown up in. Do you know that the number one way most people relate to Father God is their own father? So if you grew up in a rough situation where your dad wasn't there for you or, or he made a lot of mistakes or he was just mean to you, a lot of people equate that immediately when you say, our Heavenly Father, they go, oh man, I don't know about that. I, just, I don't want that God stuff. We look at our dads, we look at our authority figures, we look at our pastors, we look at our priests. But the fact is, we all have preconceived notions on what 
and who God is. Like the Simpsons. Anybody ever seen the Simpsons before? The Simpsons, you know? And their portrayal of God is this big guy with the big white beard sits in the clouds and says crude stuff, right? Okay. How about Monty Python? How, how do they depict uh, God? Oh, right. Oh, you know, oh, quick rolling, you know? They portray him as the big guy in the sky, you know, throwing judgment down at people. You go on and on and on. You can see how people portray God all across our media, all across our world. God is portrayed in all sorts of different ways. But how many people know that really the way that you learn about God isn't from all that stuff. It's actually from the authority on God. It's called the Bible. Do you know that the Bible is called the word of God for a reason? Because it, it informs us about him. And it's a love letter from him to us. And as we begin to read, we start to understand who God is. And then it starts to change the way we perceive him. But you know what? There are people in this room tonight. As I pray, God showed me there are people in this room tonight that are not serving God because your perception is wrong of who he is. You're sitting here right here tonight. And you haven't really fully surrendered your heart to God because you don't think he really cares about you. You don't really, you, there's some characteristics about him that you don't like. And you're thinking, I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. Well, let's look into the Bible for a moment. I'm not going to be real long-winded tonight. I've got a song to sing for you that's kind of fun. And you'll enjoy that. But let's look into the Bible tonight. If you have your Bibles with you, and even if you don't, look at your neighbor's. Open up to Luke chapter 9. I got a crack on Luke chapter 9. This is an interesting passage of Scripture. And actually a very, very important passage. By the way, the New Testament is in the back of the book. The Old Testament is in the front of the book. It goes, Matthew is the first book of the New Testament. Luke, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So we are in Luke chapter 9. All right, check this out. We're going to start in verse... Boy, that's really small. That's the other thing that starts going, Gary. Oh, man. What is that? Yeah, I think it's 28. 928. One day, Jesus left the crowds to pray alone. Cool. Jesus prayed. That's cool. Only his disciples were with him. And he asked them, Who do people say I am? Pretty easy statement. Well, they replied, Some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others say you are one of the other ancient prophets risen from the dead. Wow, that's kind of cool. But then he asked them, But who do you say I am? Peter replied, you are the Messiah sent from God. Well, that's interesting. Pause right there. See, who Jesus is to you makes a really big difference. Did you hear all the different replies that people gave him? Oh, some say you're this, and some say you're that. You're John the Baptist, you know, you're this, you're that, you're a prophet raised from the dead, yeah. They're saying, all, this is what all the people say. But then he says, no, 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 no. I'm not talking about everybody. Who do you say I am? And Peter gets an A plus. 
He gets a gold star for the evening. You're the Messiah, the Son of God. You're, you're it, man. Nice answer, Peter. At least, at least he had some good answers once in a while. Jesus warned his disciples not to tell anyone who he was. Now, why would he do that? That's for a whole different sermon. I'm not going to answer it. The Son of Man must suffer many terrible things, he said. He'll be rejected by the elders, the leading priests, and the teachers of religious law. He will be killed, but on the third day, he will be raised from the dead. Then he turns to the crowd, and he says to the crowd, If any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross daily, and follow me. If you try to hang on to your own life, you'll lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you'll save it. And what benefit, or what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but are yourself lost or destroyed? If anyone is ashamed of me and my message, the Son of Man will be ashamed of that person when he returns in his glory and the glory of the Father and the holy angels. I tell you the truth, some standing here right now will not die before they see the kingdom of God. Interesting statements that he makes. See, how you perceive God is very, very important. None of us here sets out to be deceived, do we? In fact, it's called deceived because we're de it's deception. You don't know it's happening. So could there be someone here tonight that may be deceived on who God really is? I'll tell you what, you've got one person that is working overtime with a whole bunch of his cohorts trying as hard as he can to mess up the name of God and his character. You have an enemy of your soul. And, and what he wants to do is deceive you so that you don't know the real Jesus. See, I think a lot of times we put God in a box but he doesn't belong there. But we put him in it, don't we? The real question is, who do you say that Jesus is? What kind of box do you have God in? Number one, if you're taking notes, you can write this down. If you're not, I don't know, just remember it. Okay, here we go. Number one, things left in boxes most often die and smell bad. It's true, isn't it? Do you know, you know some of the most uptight and mean, nasty people are the religious folks? Because they put God in this little rule box. They do all, yeah, you know what? Jesus was only really ticked off a few times in the New Testament. And you know who he was mad at? The church people. You never saw him out there screaming and yelling at the sinners. Who did he get upset with? The religious folks who had all these rules and regulations and looked so pious and wonderful. And he went to them, you guys are like, you're like gravestones that, that have been painted beautiful on the outside, but inside you're rotten flesh. That's what he said. That's pretty harsh. But he meant it because they had put God in their little sterile box and said, this is God and this is how we're going to do this. And if we just check off all these things, then we got it. 
But guess what? God is bigger than that box. When you put prisoners in the hole, what do you do? You put them in this, you isolate them and you put them in this little box and they stink when they come out. And it's not fun to be isolated and to be all... Putting God in a box is not a cool thing. No light gets in. One of the reasons that a lot of people won't serve God is because of the box that we put him in. One of the reasons that you here might have a different perception of God than who he really is is because you've watched the people that claim to know God and you are like, well, I don't want that. I don't want to live like that. Take, for instance, the Westboro Baptist Church. Anybody know who that is? They're the guys that, and, the, and gals that stand and picket soldiers' funerals or they're going to picket Liz Taylor's funeral and, and they say, you know, God hates fags and, and, and they've got all the... All they do is spread hate and they call themselves Christians. They say they're doing the Lord's work. How many people know? They have put God in a box and their box is yucky. And unfortunately, a lot of people look at that and they say, that's what Christians are. Guess what? It's time for us to let God out of the box. So, I'd like to sing for you a little song. You guys want to hear a song? Okay, here we go. I got to come over here and use this microphone. Got to put my lyrics up here because this song came from from the 1980s like I did <laughs> my hair still looks like it <laughs> yeah alright now what do I do with this I just guess I'll go like that you're going to have to come to your own conclusion on what this song means but I think it might uh, open your eyes a little. Now, my sermon's called God in a Box, but this song is called Frog in a Box. Yes. You ready? One, two, three, four. I was five years old and a sea kid, but I treasured the farm where my grandfather lived. Got to spend a week that summer there. With the grass underfoot and the smell of the country air. By the pond one day, throwing rocks to the trees, where I saw something move underneath some leaves. It was the first real frog I'd ever seen before. So I gathered him up in a box with a little door. So I could watch him some more. I said, Much, and I didn't know why. There were times that he seemed more. 
Let's get him out, let's see if he hops But I told him the frog had to stay in the little box Number two, boxes are made to contain things, but they're no place for God. How many have ever limited God in your life? Everybody should raise their hand because he's huge. He's, he's gigantic. And we all limit God at times. Boxes limit God. You know, one of the biggest things that we as people struggle with is control. Because when things get out of control, all we want to do is fix it. Isn't that true? But how many people know that the more things get crazy, the harder it is to control? 
And that's where God comes in. See, it doesn't sound right, does it, to say, if I surrender my control to him, then what am I going to do? Yet the Bible says to us over and over, surrender yourself to God. Give your heart to the Lord. Pick up your cross and follow me. Wow, that's crazy, isn't it? But guess what? We're not big enough to control God, nor should we ever try. Do you know the very first thing that we should do is surrender to God? That's where it all starts. When we surrender our heart to God, everything starts there. And it's just the beginning of an amazing journey. But if we don't surrender, we're never going to have a relationship with God. We've got to surrender. We've got to give him the control. You know why boxes aren't a place for God? Have you ever heard this? Well, my religion is very private to me. Ever heard that? Hey, don't be preaching like that. Don't be talking to me about this God stuff. Come on now. Come on. That really makes me uncomfortable. Gary, quit it. It's, very, it's a private thing for me. You know, God never intended your relationship with him to be a private thing. The only time he ever wants you to hide anything about Christianity is when you go into your closet and you pray. That's the only thing that Christians should ever hide. Is that alone time with God, when you can have that cool time where you can talk to him and you can listen to his Holy Spirit. It's the only time. All the other times that you ever see in Scripture, it talks about letting your light shine before men. It talks about living your life for God. Now, it doesn't talk about being a jerk and cramming the Bible down people's throats. But it does talk about having a real relationship with Jesus Christ where you're authentic and genuine and people see God in the way you live. A lot of times we preach about Jesus and we don't live for him when it should be the other way around. We should live for him and we don't necessarily have to preach because when we live for God, it preaches for us. Turn to your neighbor and say, live for him. And last but not least, number three. Did you know that boxes come in all sizes and shapes? Some of you have a pretty big box that you have gone in, and you're pretty comfortable with that. Well, yeah, I go to church. Yeah, I go to SOS. That's cool, man. I got God there. He's it's a big box. He's pretty big, I guess. Some of you are here tonight, and your box is maybe this big. Some of you are here, and you got little teeny box. We're God's in a little teeny box. So you don't really think he does much. I mean, whatever. I'm here because my friend brought me here, whatever. See, what kind of box do you have Jesus in tonight? I guarantee you that you start opening the box. What? Hey, there's something in my box. Huh. A frog. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Maybe the reason that you aren't in a relationship with Jesus the way you should be is because you have God in a box. So you got to ask yourself, how do I limit God? Maybe you, you just think, I don't know. 
I just can't trust him because of this or because Uncle Johnny died of cancer and I can't trust him now because, if, I mean, or maybe it's, you know, I, I go to church and you know, my church friends, they do all this different stuff too. I, I, don't, I don't know if I can serve God. If I'm going to serve God, I really want to do it right. I don't know what kind of box you put him in, but you do. You know how you limit God. God wants to open you up to a brand new life. He loves you. He cares for you deeply. Not just a little bit, but a whole lot. How many people in this room tonight would be so bold if I asked the worship team to come back up and play that fire song? I like the fire song. If I asked them but if they came up and played that, how many of you would be bold enough to open your box tonight and really ask God to touch your heart in a brand new way? See, some of you in the room, you come to church and you've said a prayer, but you really haven't been living like you know you should. Others of you in this room, you haven't even lived at all for him. But you know that's the beauty about God. He'll take you right where you're at if you open your box. Well, thanks for joining us for that uh, special message. If it touched your heart, if it, it spoke to you, well, then that is a very good thing. And if you want to email me, let me know what you thought. That would be awesome. I'm praying for you, thinking about you all. And uh, Amy, any last words to say before we head out? No, but we'd just love to hear from anybody. Okay. Thanks, right. everybody. This has been a special uh, presentation on the Take Him With You podcast. Take Him With You is a production of Moyer Multimedia, LLC, copyright 2011. All rights reserved.